All right, everyone, welcome to the second installment of Sharp Cheddar Green Bay, the football and beer podcast recording live from Washington, D.C. You can follow us on Instagram at Sharp Cheddar GB and Spotify and YouTube at Sharp Cheddar Green Bay. I'm Omar, and I have Hank, Joe, and Matt here with me, virtual because of the Rona. And we are now about a week removed from the draft. You know, we've had a little bit of time to digest what's happened. I personally needed some time to calm down. But, you know, we're, we're, we have some topics that we're going we're gonna to argue about today. But we're going to start with a little bit of a light, lighter topic, all right? We're going to start with what everybody's drinking today. So everybody, crack your beers. I I have a ritual of drinking way too many PPRs every single game. My wife fucking hates it, but it is what it is. It's gluten free at least, right? In the day. Matt, what are you going with? Got this nice little Irish coffee. Got to throw it out there. I think Colin Coward absolutely hates Aaron Rodgers, and it's a shitty relationship. So. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's my guy. So let's go, baby. Love it. Joe, what are you 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 drinking? Miller Lite Packers koozie with the latte inside. With the latte. There we go. Or or little G here, live from the home studio. Live from the home studio. Also rocking my Drink Wisconsin t-shirt here. So everyone drink up. Yeah, I snuck back to the Midwest a few weeks ago, quarantined there for a little bit, got me some some new Glarus spotted cow. You know, unfortunately, oh. they don't sell it here. But if they're listening, uh, you can send it here, even if you won't sell it here. Yeah, hook um, us up. <laughs> so I'm chugging away at, at these bad boys the last few weeks in quarantine. Gotcha. Nice. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers, everybody. So let's start it off. Quick question here. Which coach do we think is on the hottest hot seat on the hottest hot seat that we possibly got? So I've been thinking about this all week and I want to change my answer to what I was initially thinking too. I think any Bill Belichick assistant coach is on the hot seat. I think he has a really bad, any assistant coach and you can go Bill O'Brien, Mike Frabel was never an assistant coach, so he doesn't apply. But any of his assistant coaches, Matt, Patricia, they've all kind of struggled, and they all have this, I came from the Bill Belichick system, so I must be good. Brian Flores in Miami is hoping to prove him wrong, but I think it's a struggle, and I think they're all in the hot seat to get this reputation in. Yeah, I I, I don't know about that one. I got to go with Doug Marone in Jacksonville. I mean, they – basically had a cakewalk into the Super Bowl like what two a couple years ago and now they're they're trash they got rid of Bortles and Foles and they're putting all of their chips behind uh Gardner Minshew which like dude's hilarious I, I think he's a funny guy but I don't know he's they have a real chance of going from the top of the AFC and just tanking now and especially with Tom coming in like they're now competing with Miami for the worst team in Florida which Florida sucks at football anyway so it's not a great uh 
great atmosphere. So I think Doug Marone. In the East, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. So Woo. they, you know, they reached, they reached the Super Bowl a few years ago, you know, and they blew that 28 to three lead. He, he's always got a roster that people consistently think is just going to tear the league apart. Like they've got weapons, you know, you know that they do, but for some reason they always underperform. And he was the architect of that great legion of boom defense and the defense always underperformed, you know, for, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. Maybe he doesn't have the right assistant coaches under him, but yeah, I'm going to go with Dan Quinn. Was that your analysis from the algorithm you had Omar? Or is that your personal opinion? That's my personal opinion. Gotcha. All right. We got to make it clear on this one. I wanted to hear that. Okay. Sorry. They don't give a fuck about this question or anybody else's team <laughs> head coach. Um, what I what I what I will say is it will be interesting to see how big Mike Mike McCarthy will do down in Dallas. I think every Packer fan is kind of looking at that. Um, I certainly don't want to see the Cowboys succeed or win. Fuck the Cowboys, but um, I mean, and you guys probably hate on this, but I do wish him Mark uh, McCarthy well. Um, Obviously, there's also a ton of attention on. Yeah, no, no shot. McCarthy was the second best coach to um, Lombardi. That's that's the statistics right there. Anyways, there's also a ton of attention coming on Lafleur. Obviously, after this draft, so the Lafleur Rogers narrative is going to dominate. You know, the rest of the off season here. So I think he's still got a good team, but. Um, Everyone. Um, I'll every counter Hank there. real quick with the Doug Marone. I've heard Doug Marone and his players, the players really love him compared to Matt Patricia. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you fucking lose. But so does Matt Patricia on the Lions. I would say his seat's hotter because the players fucking hate him and he's a piece of shit. Yeah, but they're used to losing. The issue with Doug Marone is two years ago, they were basically, they should have beaten New England and gone to the Super Bowl and they fucked it up. So. I think that that's the bigger issue is the drop-off that they had. Whereas Detroit, it's like, yeah, maybe instead of firing a coach every two years, we give this guy a shot to build something. But, you know, <laughs> all right. So let's let's roll out of the lightning round and into the first quarter. Uh, so first quarter this week, obviously we're in the offseason. We got a little bit more time to discuss the happenings around the league uh, rather than just Green Bay. So the first quarter uh, – who is the most overrated player of the past decade of the 2010s? Uh, it can be Green Bay, but it doesn't have to be. I'm going to start us off, and I think Tom Brady. I know that's a controversial take, uh, but, you know, we're saying overrated. I'm not saying he's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a, he's a good quarterback, and everybody likes to – pretend that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think he is. He's been on a great team. He's had the greatest coach in the NFL since Lombardi and he, he gets rings and that's always the fallback argument for why Brady is the goat is he has the championships, but we're not talking about who's the quarterback for the best team in the league over the last decade. We're saying, is he the best player of the last decade or of his career? I don't think he is. I think he gets way too much credit for Belichick building a, an amazing franchise over the last 15, 20 years. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know that's controversial, but like you guys weigh in. I think Aaron is way better. I think there are 
10 quarterbacks I'd rather have than Brady. I mean, there's tons of quarterbacks that are better, but I think the bar has been set really high with Brady. He's always met it. I think it's been Super Bowl or bust and more times than no, not, but he's that's, made it there. Again, that's, that goes to the, the issue with this discussion is that's about a team. If, if we're talking about how well the team does, yes, obviously New England's awesome. Being the quarterback on New England, he's going to get credit. I get it. The quarterback's the best player on the team. You're the most important player on the team, but he's one out of 11 guys on offense. And even the offense is only on the field half the time. He is not winning those Super Bowls. Belichick is putting together teams around him that can win the Super Bowl. One amazing player can't win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what we saw. That's why Mark, Mike McCarthy isn't with us anymore is because Aaron was an amazing player and he put all of his chips behind Aaron and said, I don't need to give you a decent team around you. You can win it on your own. And that's not how it works. Belichick took the opposite approach and said, I'm going to build a good team. I just need a quarterback who's not going to fuck it up. Yeah. Throw five-yard passes. You know, I, I, it pisses me off that everyone's just like, yeah, he's the greatest player of all time because he has the rings. But the rings are a team stat, not an individual stat. His stats are fine. He, don't get me wrong. He's not bad. But I think we're talking about overrated. He's rated as the best of all time to ever play the game of football. And I just don't see it. When I watch, I don't see it. When I look at the stats, I don't see it. So, I don't know. I know it's controversial, but that's my take. Wow. Yeah, I was not expecting that, Hank. I'll take (laughs) another quarterback here that when I was thinking about this question, it's who actually had high expectations. I don't think you could put it on a draft pick, even if you drafted them really high. I think it's once you establish yourself in the NFL. I'll go with smoking Jay Cutler here. I think he was had high expectations with the Bears. They started him for years, paid him, kept him, never really brought him everywhere, anywhere of substance. And his nickname smoking Jay Cutler. I don't think he ever got to where anyone else think thought that that he would get. So, so I don't know. I think he, I think he performed exactly how I wanted him to perform. 100%. 100%. I think we all love it. It's just they paid him a shit ton of money and he never lived up to those expectations. Yeah, the Bears traded a first round pick for him too, didn't they? When he was drafted uh, by the Broncos? Yeah, I think to get him from Denver, yeah. Yeah, and he never lived up to expectations. I don't think he never won that big game or any of the big games or really any of the games. His nickname Smoking Jay Cutler for his relaxed attitude, so. That's my guy, and I love and it. Vogue. I, I, Matt, I do love, I do love the Cuddy though. I don't think he's necessarily overrated. I think he's exactly where he's supposed to be. And as a Packer fan, I kind of miss the guy. I wish he'd come back. I love Jack Cuddy. Right? Actually, yeah, I, really I also yeah. love the, uh, love the YouTube video that's like ten minutes long. Every interception he's ever thrown to the Green Bay Packers is just like, <laughs> and Cutler drops back. How was his interception? It's great. Um, anyways, I think this is another stupid non-Packers question, guys, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I definitely agree, Hank, with you. Um, everyone knows my stance on Tom Brady. I want to make it official here that I hate the guy and I, I think he's worthless. He's hey, who, who does he play against? People are always like, oh, who, who did uh, 
who did Lambo have to play against? Whatever. He's had to play against the Dolphins and whoever the fuck else is in that dumb division. It sucks. Um, I think another. Oh, yeah, they're going to suck notes. this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean Jets? Play, the, the fucking yeah. Jets. You're going to talk to yeah. me about the Jets, playing the Jets twice a year? Fuck off. Anyways, <clears> another <throat> couple of notable um, names that I, I was thinking about. Uh, not all time, all decade, but Mitch. Trubisky of the Bears has got to be one of those big, big yes. just, just as of today, or you know, literally minutes ago, the Bears said they weren't going to renew his fifth-year option or whatever um, after having traded up for that uh, up for him uh, as the second overall pick in 2017, and so taking him above above Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. and they traded up for that too yeah take a drink for that one damn yeah I think the issue is they were the only ones who put any hype behind him whereas the entire league for the the last what three four years has been like what the hell are they name thinking? another North Carolina Tar Heel quarterback that's panned out I couldn't name another North Carolina Tar Heel football program <laughs> that's ever done anything that's crazy yeah although we may want to hold back on judgment. You know, it, we we have a lot of time before we can definitively say that Patrick Mahomes is better than Mitch Trubisky. That, well, <laughs> not not so sure about that, but that was sarcasm. Anyway, if you couldn't tell, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. So, if you look at his MVP season, and ever he's consistently ranked one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Everybody always seems to be so high on Matt Ryan. The year he won MVP, like, yeah, they had the highest scoring offense in the league. He threw 38 touchdowns, but his 38 touchdowns accounted for 49% of that team's overall points. If you count the point, the extra points of the touchdowns that he scored or that he threw that same year, Aaron Rodgers threw 40 touchdowns, carried a dog shit roster that was four and six to the NFC championship and accounted for a whopping 65% of the team's overall points. Like, I mean, if you look at Matt Ryan's total career, passer rating, if you take a 10% band around his passer rating, you know, who's in that, in that category, Jared Goff, Alex Smith, Ryan Tannehill, Paxton Lynch, and Marcus Mariota. Can we ask any of those guys to be elite quarterbacks? And then, and he also had who? Yeah, he Tony Gonzalez and Roddy White. Like those three are better than any three probably that you could have ever had. He, yeah, he does have this error that like people around the league treat him as if he's one of the most elite quarterbacks to ever play the game. And it's like, well, he had like one good season and now he's, he's like average above average a little bit, but not, not in like top five of the league every single year, you know? Yeah. That, that's my, that's my point. I mean, yeah. he always, we always seem to talk about him in the, in the same realm of Rogers or Brady. I know we were just talking, <clears throat> but you know, the, the elite quarterbacks in the league, but well, Freddie's not necessarily elite in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, like we still talk about him in that realm. And I mean, the, the numbers not the case. I mean, even if you talk about passer rating, which I will 
be the first to admit is an imperfect science. I, I don't really understand what goes into that. But if you talk about passer rating, of those guys that I just mentioned that are in the same touchdown interception ratio, Paxton Lynch is the one that's lower than, than Matt Ryan. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers took what was, I mean, Ted Thompson gave him a horrible roster and he literally picked that roster on his back and carried them all the way. And somehow Matt Ryan, who had a loaded roster with Julio Jones, I mean, the running backs alone scored like 20 touchdowns. They saw that, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl and blew the biggest fucking lead in Super Bowl history. (laughs) And I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, I don't get the love. I never get the love every single year. He, I mean, even last year, he was considered second best quarterback in the league. I will never get it. Agreed. Yeah. All right, y'all. I think that takes us over to Q2. But what uh, what we got to do is re-up on the beers. So grab yourself up, another Miller. Uh, All righty. One more spot to go for you, boys. I'm reloaded, um, but that brings us to the Q2, and the topic being, what is your favorite all-time memory from Hamilton's Bar and Grill? Love this question. Glad I'll, you got I'll take her for a spin first. Yeah, um, after the first couple of debacles of questions here, <laughs> just like the draft. Um, but my my, uh, my response to this, guys, is got to be the 2016 Cowboys traditional playoff win in uh, Jerry World, or should I say Aaron World. Uh, the guys dominated the Cowboys in Dallas uh, yes. and also won his football there, so fuck yeah. Um, they should probably re- rename the, the stadium officially Aaron World. But uh, no, I mean, that, that was, in my mind, one of the best playoff games I've ever seen and just one of the best vibes I've ever seen at Hamilton's. Aaron was at his best, probably one of the best throws of all time. Um, that Jared, Jared Cook, Cook on the sideline. Yeah, that was a great. Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and appropri- appropriately awarded the best throw and best play of that year, setting up the field goal uh, to win it and take us to the NFC Championship game. It, it doesn't. That that was by far my my favorite in the last couple I've of years. I've watched that play numerous uh, times with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman saying he didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, he did catch <laughs> it. Like yeah, like your first instinct to say he didn't catch that pass, but yeah, he fucking did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig way into the vault for this one. So this, this actually, my pick actually predates Joe and Hank here. I'm going to go to week 15, 2013. When Aaron Rodgers wow. was hurt and Matt Flynn was quarterback quarterbacking the yep. Green Bay Packers. I'm, yeah. Yep. So we were playing the Dallas Cowboys. We were down 26 3 at half. And then after halftime, Eddie Lacey's fat ass just went off. Like <laughs> that dude was a was a wrecking ball, racked up 141 yards, like. We were so this was the first year that Matt and I started going to Hamilton's. And the bar was, I mean, Aaron had been hurt for multiple weeks at this point. The bar was empty. Like it was, it was me, Matt, my my now wife, and like a few other people. And by halftime, half of us were like asleep. You know, and I was real Matt and I was like, oh God, this is a lost season. You know, what what's happening here? Now, not even 
considering what could possibly happen at, at week 17 with that crazy Randall Cobb catch. But yeah, then like my, my wife was sitting there somehow she still had faith in what was going to happen. And she made us, you know, perk up. It's like, all right, there's still a whole nother football to go. And for those of you who have not been to Hamilton's, it's essentially an oval around a bar. As the Packers started racking up yards and points and we got a few picks, Matt was literally running, running laps. <laughs> like, Speed fucking I, racer, baby. It, it was the first real Hamilton's experience. I can say that. Yeah. There. So I'm going to go week 15, 2013. I love it. Love that. I, I got to go the Bears game last year or two years ago when Aaron goes down in the first half oh, and right. I, they are so hyped up on getting that Khalil Mack trade. They think that like they are the hottest shit in the NFL and and they, they fucking injure Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Kaiser comes in and lays a big old egg on the field. And then watching him, like, we were all, like, depressed as hell, like, thinking the season's over before it's even begun. And then watching Aaron come out, like, like the second coming, it, it was amazing. Not only having him come back, but lead us back in, a, in an unreal comeback against the Bears to start the season and just crush, crush their hearts. You know, I, I love watching them collapse, <laughs> but that that was a special type of, you know, they thought that they had ruined not only the game, but the season for us. And then Aaron coming back and just manhandling them. That that, that was something special. Yeah. And, and it, I think it, it was a weeknight. It was Thursday night because it was the first game of the year. That opened the year. Yeah. 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 And one. so... One thing about Hamilton, Joe, right? Yeah. So it was game. Yeah. So like first game on a Thursday night and rain delayed. So by the time the team actually was making a comeback, you know, a lot of the fair weather fans have made their way out, out of the bar. And the only people hanging around are the diehards. Yeah. And so, so that's when you really get to see, um, like the, the real fans and have the experience when everyone's like going crazy. So I love that one. So which game was it, Joe, which game was it that you forgot the chant? Was it not that one? It was the year before. No, last year (laughs) for the first game that, or that was, no, that was whatever. Two years. That was yeah. You guys are fucked up. Two years ago was the game that Rodgers went down and came back. I was out of town. Three years ago was the year that it was like the middle of the season on a Thursday night with the rain delay, and I got blacked out. Different games, but also both epic times at Hamilton that I, I will never forget. That I never never remembered. Anyways, I think one of the most interesting things that you three just came up with, but all three of your games, the Packers weren't a favorite. We were expected to lose yeah. all three of those games, and we ended up coming back. So I'm actually going to flip it to a game we were expected to win. My favorite one was when we played the Redskins in the playoffs years ago that I was act- actually Dude, talking to a no, colleague about. Yeah that, yeah, that was a long time ago, but we were expected to win that game. 
Kirk Cousins had that you like that chant, yet he hadn't won a playoff game. I don't understand how you can have a slogan, yet you haven't won a playoff game. What, what is that? <laughs> I, like, teammates, I don't know. You haven't won a fucking playoff game. Win a fucking playoff game. Have a slogan. Let's go. Like Fuck You can't him. have a championship belt slogan without winning a championship, which is what Aaron Rodgers initially started with. That's one of the best slogans I've ever seen. Bring it back this year. Kirk Cousins shouldn't have had that fucking bullshit. Lo and behold, we've kicked his ass for years. That's it. That was my favorite mm-hmm. game. I got so drunk being in the DMV with all those fucking Redskins haters. Haters. I just shouted out, you like that all the time. I shouted that out the bar. I remember that. Blacked out, got on the Metro, headed home, passed out, woke up and said, hey, we fucking beat those Redskins again. What was that? That, that, was, that, was, that, that was a great game. Hank, were you saying that Kirk uh, said that he'd prefer to play with no fans in the stands during quarantine? Yeah, he. they came out with some uh, announcement that the NFL was looking at playing without fans. And Kirk Cousins, of course, is the one who's like, yeah, you know, maybe I'd like to play without fans. Like, it'd be a nice chance. <laughs> yeah, because you're a, a that, shithead dude. who's going to lose and get booed the entire time. Like Roger Goodell probably enjoyed the draft without fans because he didn't have to get booed every time he walked on stage. I also want to want an honorable mention favorite moment when like Omar fell down the stairs (laughs) after the game. I don't even, I have no idea what year or game that was, but Omar fell down the stairs. Yeah, that was was, was pretty fun. I'll take the over on .5 Point five and say it's definitely happened more than once. <laughs> Those stairs are treacherous, guys. All right, I'm calling it for the second quarter. <laughs> we're going to move into half sure. beer. And like last time, we're going to do a shout out to our unofficial sponsor, Rumpelman's, which is the, the, best, the best shot that you could possibly take. You know, if anybody from Diageo is listening here, hook us up, Matt. I always think about products that if I had a backpack and I could bring around to people that I would honestly try to sell them. Listen, a, a shot of Rumplemint is on top of the planet when you think about what it's giving you. It's giving you this fresh minty taste that no other shot can honestly give you. Plus, it's high on the alcohol content and it's reasonably priced. I've never seen a product like it. I stand by it. Put me on a lie detector test and I fucking stand by it as a potential sponsor. I love that shit. I live by that shit. Let's go. Yeah, it's the perfect shot to order if you're like hitting up a girl at the bar and you're like, well, maybe we're about to make out. And so you buy you both of you some shots of Rumpelman. So when you kiss, you got some good fresh breath, you know? Speed yeah, it up, your gum. Yeah, and I just want to take this halftime to also recognize our our other uh, supporters this week again. A big shout out to Johnsonville, uh, the best brats in the game. Perfect for the your only brats in the game. The only game, right? The only one you can ever buy. But it's perfect for your game day tailgate or your quarantine grilling. Uh, Johnsonville, the unofficial bratwurst of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Johnsonville and Rumpelman. Johnsonville as well. Yo, I'm going to give another shout out to New Glarus. I mean, my favorite beer, everyone who's not from Wisconsin that I allow to take a sip, only a sip, not a a full can because it's like gold. But 
everyone who I allow to take a sip is like, holy shit, that's one of the better beers I've had. It is one of the better beers that anyone has ever had. So, New Glarus, hit us up. All right, guys, we're going to move into the first lightning round question. So, according to William Hill, for those of you who are not familiar, it's a sports book. The Cleveland Browns are projected to have eight and a half wins. Do we think they're going to be over or under that? I'm going to go over. I think that Baker Mayfield was, you know, he had a great rookie season. He had a really, really bad situation last year. You know, I don't, I don't think that, that the coach ever really got him going. And he, like, Freddie Kitchens had no idea what the hell he was doing. They surrounded him with a bunch of weapons. I think that defense is actually going to be better than people think it's going to be. Um, I'm going to go over. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm the only one here who actually gambles on a regular basis. And if they can't hit the over on this, do you just give up as a fan base? Is this it? Is this where you go? Listen, we have all the pieces in place. Somehow, Miles Garrett was only suspended eight games for everything he did. He comes back. You have Denzel Ward. You get a tackle for Baker Mayfield as well. And then you have under eight wins and you're under 500. If that happens, do you just go, fuck, we got to get rid of the owner? And I know talking to some Brown sources that I got here, they don't really like the owner as is, but you got to hit over eight wins. And I know they never do. They have high expectations the past couple of years. Got to take the over on this because if they don't, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean, uh, as Omar said, for those who are unfamiliar with William Hill being me for starters, uh, I, I don't give a fuck about the Browns or any sports betting book, whatever. Um, but with that said, I will say uh, I'll I'll take the under. The Browns are still going to be, you know, the Browns essentially. Um, and that, you know, at this point in time, let's talk about the fucking draft, guys. I want to I want to know what the fans are listening to. You know, they, they want to hear about that shit. I mean, I, uh, I'll give my two cents and then we'll move on to more Packers related issues. But yeah, like you said, the Browns are the Browns. Prove me wrong. Like prove to me that you can do something better than a shit fan base, a shit team, a shit organization. Prove like to me that you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. I should not, I should not have called out the fan base. Yeah. You're right. I should not have called out the fan base. No, because, I mean, they have to be Whatever. a fan base to continue to put up with a shit team and a shit organization. Exactly. But that team needs to prove me wrong before I'm willing to give them any credit. So under, 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 forever and always, the Browns will be under, just like the fucking Lions. They will both be under. They will both miss the playoffs. You can hype them up as much as you fucking want. They will make good players retire early, and they suck. All right. This after this podcast, Hank and uh, Joe, I'll take you over with you guys. But uh, all right, done. Yeah. Uh, So next light, next lightning round question: Will Aaron Rodgers, the goat, the true greatest of all time? Fuck you, Tom Brady. Will Aaron Rodgers be traded? from the Green Bay Packers before his contract is up. And I will kick us off by saying, fuck no. Matt LaFleur knows that if he were to trade Aaron Rodgers, or Goody, if he were to trade Aaron Rodgers, it will be the end of their career in Green Bay. 
I don't care how good Jordan Love may be. If you trade Aaron Rodgers in the next four years, it will be the end of their career. He is the GOAT. He is the GOAT in Green Bay. He is the best quarterback to play the game. And there is zero chance that even even if Jordan Love comes in and lights it up, there is zero chance that it would benefit them or the organization to trade Aaron Rodgers in the next four years. No, done. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say no as well, and I'm going to get into my explanation for that when we get into the third quarter. I'll leave it for now. I'm just going to say no. They won't. I'll say no, that of most not. of our passwords center around fucking Aaron Rodgers. I won't give out our passwords <laughs> to any of our handles or anything, but I think equally all four of us fucking love Aaron Rodgers, man. I think we all love him. I've never seen a quarterback like that. I think we're going to have to see. It's going to be some interesting waters that we got now that we drafted Jordan Love, and nah. I'll bet on the yes. I'll bet on the yes that – I think it's insulting that this is even a – What? Oh my God! At some Who's point during this contract, that's not the next two years. That's not the next three years, but before his contract is up, that that is what I'm saying, and uh, I don't agree oh with it. Oh my God! At this point, right now, no. But I think no, if no, you no, would no. said when we had okay. Brett Favre and we got Aaron Rodgers, you would have said no way. We're no. gonna keep, we're gonna keep Brett Favre for as long as we could, and you are. I don't agree with it. No, what, 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 right what, what are you saying? I, okay, well, first off, I think this is going into quarter three. I think we've already entered into quarter three, okay? Um, this is not a, a, a light question just to go yes or no to. Obviously, my response <laughs> being no, of course not. It's not going to be traded. And all the haters are saying, oh, my God, look for Rodgers on the fucking Bears in 2021. They're high or they're stupid. Okay. Can can we start quarter three though? Because I want to keep going on this. Let's here. let's take it. Let's take a break. All right, boys. Let's take a shot here. That ends halftime. Here's to our favorite friends at Rumplements, who everyone hates on it, but listen, I think it's the greatest shot on the face of the planet. Cheers, boys. Go pack, go. Fuck the Bears. Go back, go. So let's get into that third quarter. We just got into halftime. That's when the Packers really start making some moves here. Crack those beers, get that Jim Beam going. That's what I got growing here. And so let's talk draft. I know Joe really wanted to talk about the draft here. Listen, right. I think yeah. I'm a big fan of A.J. Dillon. I think at Boston College, he fucking killed it. I am pumped really to have him. And I know last week we really hated on the draft, but I've been trying to figure out different ways to get positive about this draft, considering we got Jordan Love in the first round. Probably won't play. A.J. Dillon in the second round probably won't play again. So we have our top two picks who probably won't start on the football team no matter what. I think A.J. Dillon's going to be a beast. But what do we guys got? What do we got here, guys? No, I mean, okay, let's let's first off, let's take some time to spend on this quarter. We need to talk about the draft. We were way too nice last episode being our first one on the draft. <laughs> I don't think I was. Um, but – but okay, um, the biggest thing for me here, and I think for every Packers fan, is the Rodgers love, Rodgers LaFleur narrative. And I, I just want to, before anyone else 
talks. First off, fuck the haters. Fuck the Twitter bullshit. Uh, Aaron the pro. It's not a a master. He's a master at dealing with all this shit. And he's not going fucking anywhere. Um, With that being said, I I still don't like the first pick. Um, That being, you know, obviously I hope Love is the next Hall of Fame quarterback for for the Green Bay Packers. Hopefully there's some irony in all this being said. But for me, the biggest thing is mentally, I am not ready to even start addressing the mortality of Aaron Rodgers. That's not, he's going to play till he's 62 in my mind. Like that's, you know, and I'll let you guys go from there. So I've had some time to think about this and I have calmed down quite a bit from my rant in the first episode. So I think the more I think about this logically, it seems like the Packers could have been trying to hedge future bets on the future drafts. So I'm, I'm going to throw some stats out there really quick, but it's going to prove it's going to get to my point in the end. So since 2005, when we drafted Aaron Rodgers, there have been 40 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. 16 of those 40 are no longer in the league. Six of those have passer or completion percentage under 60%. So, and there are a lot of other different stats that I can throw out you right there, but if you just consider those two statistics, there are 18 of 40 that, you know, are just serviceable quarterbacks taken in the first round. That's a 45% success rate. And of those, you know, 18 quarterbacks that we could be considering, there's Mitchell Trubisky, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. So those are quarterbacks that are going to take you to a championship, right? So I maybe Goody is smarter than we think, and he's trying to say, all right, we really like this guy this year, so let's take him. If there's not a better option next year or in two years, then we still have somebody that we kind of like and who, can, who we can train. So I kind of understand that. I like the not taking a wide receiver in the first round because those only have a 33% success rate. Don't like it. I said that before. Another thing that, you know, getting back to the quarterback controversy, you know, so the Packers just built Titletown, right, in Green Bay. Green Bay is not a tourist city. If If the Packers are not doing well, their balance sheets have shown time and time again that their, you know, their game day revenue goes down a little bit. People aren't spending as much at the pro shops. They built Tileton, had a lot of money on that. They struck a deal with the city of Green Bay to get them to pay some of it. Who do you think paid for Titletown? It was not Brian Gutekunst and it was not Matt LaFleur. It was Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre before him paid for fucking town to get amen a fucking then so if if goody is gonna put all of his chips in on 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 love and then he doesn't pan out then not only has he screwed the franchise he screwed he screwed the entire city of green bay the entire economy will suffer because of that so i i think the more i think about it i still don't under like me saying this does not diminish the fact that I think it was a very bad draft but at least from the first round perspective I 
hope that I'm kind of getting what they were trying to do. That's my, that's yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So as far as the quarterback situation goes for one, I think that if Jordan love turns into the next hall of fame quarterback for the Packers, like, like Brett Favre, like Aaron Rodgers, I 100% believe that it was worth it. I think that if you can find a hall of famer, you take them period. It doesn't matter. And so I think that if he pans out, it's worth it. I agree that obviously a lot of the pressures on Matt and Goody right now. So they must've been really confident that that was the right pick. I understand all of the concerns about not picking a receiver, not only not in the first round, but just not in general. I, I do think that our current wide receiver core is being slept on a little bit. I know that last year it was weak behind Devontae. Devontae is one of the top five in the league, in my opinion, let alone your wide receiver number one. Yeah. Yeah. So Devontae is a clear wide receiver number one. I think between, you know, Equinamius St. Brown, MVS, yeah, Lazard. Now that we have Funches and Begleton, who's who was like one of the best receivers in the Canadian Football League, which I mean it's Canada, but still, um, between those five, I think they would be very solid wide receiver three, four, five on most teams. The question is, can any of those five step up and be wide receiver two? And I think based on odds, I'm assuming they're seeing some stuff in practice that makes them feel this way. But just based on the statistics and the odds, I think that out of those five, one of them needs to step up and be wide receiver two. I think one of them will. So I I do understand LaFleur and Goody not being overly concerned with going and trying to find the next like Julio Jones or Devontae Adams. So I'm okay with that. I think that AJ Dillon, phenomenal pick. I think he's going to be a stud. I love the fact that he is a ground and pound runner. He's going to, he's talked about the fact that I don't care if you know that I'm coming at you, I'm going to run through you and get three, four yards anyway. And then our, our third round pick, um, the Guario, right? Something like that. Um, Josiah, Josiah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like him too. I mean, he's, he's gotta be the most versatile draft pick in the entire draft. He not only plays tight end and fullback, he's talked about how he's played slot receiver too. Like the dude seems like he can do just about anything you tap him for. So I, I think that with tight end, we're kind of set. We got Mercedes who was better than Jimmy Graham last year anyway. So we got him, Jace, hopefully he's going to have a big blow up here. And then we have DeGuario, uh, and he's going to come in. I think he's going to be a good player. Dylan, I think, will be a stud. And especially with Williams uh, and Jones both being in contract years, we needed to have another good uh, running back behind them so that if either or both of them decide to leave uh, for more money or whatever – I think that it makes sense to have him. And again, I do. I love taking love taking a first round quarterback. 
not particularly. However, if they're that excited about him, if they're so convinced that he is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, then yes, I I 100% am happy with that. Obviously, we won't know for years uh, until it was a good pick. But I think if they're that convinced that he is the next Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense to pick the next Aaron Rodgers in the first round of the draft, even if you don't need him. I'll bet anybody right now offline that Jace has more bull prediction. Jace has more touchdown catches than any – Chicago tight end combined. Bold prediction. I'll put it right. I'm not, not combined. That. I'll put it on so there. You guys are totally retracting. What? You guys are retracting on the fact that you think the draft was shit. I didn't not, say that last I, week. No. I, Omar I still thinks it's shit. I am still very confused. I, I mean, I, I get your points about the second round pick. I kind of get the points about the third round pick, but those guys weren't projected to go any later than or any earlier than like the sixth round. That's I, my I'm only draft issue. analyst. I'm not a draft analyst. I'm not going to claim to be. I don't really like college football all that much, to be honest. But my my whole confusion here is we had a glaring need at defensive linemen. We had a glaring yeah. need at right tackle. And we just didn't we didn't address it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you still have needs at wide receiver and middle linebacker too. I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of agree with Hank's points on the receiving core. I, I I think that had Alan Lazard been playing with the ones all through OTAs last year, he probably could have been a, a, even more of a stud than I already think that he was. Like he was an undrafted free agent that we just kind of plucked off the street, but. Exactly. So, like, him having the time to practice with the first team, I think that he could very likely be a solid wide receiver number two. I mean, I'm not going to say the core is great, but I'm still very concerned that we didn't address the other areas of need. Defense, I agree. Joe, go ahead. I mean, can can we bring this back another round? I mean, Omar, you you said this, but – um. Ron Wolf said his best. I mean, Lambo is the house that Brett built. And uh, the same is true for Rogers. I just don't see that happening for Jordan Love. I wish him all the best. Why not? Um, I, 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 hey, you know, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but I mean, look, Aaron has I, I love- talked about the fact that he's on the back nine of his career. He's. In like multiple instances, he's talked about how he can see the 18th hole. He's on the back nine of his career. He's made those comments. So to start planning for the future beyond Aaron, as much as it sucks, because I wish he could play forever, it, it makes sense to plan for that. I hope that we don't do I hope that we don't do to him what we did to Brett. I think that Aaron is better than Brett. And we will discuss that in a later episode because I know that some of you disagree. But but I think that if like he's already talked about the fact that he can see his retirement in in the future. And so we have to plan for after him. We don't want to be that team that lets like honestly like New England. We don't want to let their quarterback walk and then just have no backup. Like plan for it. To that point. New England did this. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round 
and Tom Brady was about the same age age as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and I'm I mean Tom Brady kept playing at a high level and you know we don't have the owner that New England does. Like there are different there are different uh beg to differ. I'm an owner and I will do whatever is right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I, have I think to Brandon Ayuk is going to be a fucking beast. Go ahead, Joe. Brandon Ayuk, ASU. I just, I, Yo, don't I cheer for them. They fucked the, San Fran fucked us over by taking him. I mean, guys, if I can, I mean, I was raised Roman Catholic, but I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. So I think there <laughs> is not only I, – I, I, think, I think the Green Bay Packers are destined by divine intervention. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Okay, and Aaron Rodgers is the second coming of Brett Favre. The whole, the you know, this, this is known to everybody. Yeah, what are you talking? And about? I just any anyone that questions his tenure here and his and his future years is out of their mind. I, I'm I, not questioning I, that. I don't believe Joe, that. but he will retire not, at I'm some not, point. I'm not ready right? for that. I'm not ready for that. I'm not I agree. That. It's going to suck, but he will retire at some point, and we need to make sure that after he retires, we aren't just sitting there for 10 years trying to find the next quarterback, taking a yeah, new first-round quarterback wanna, every year. We do not want to become the Browns. Anyway. There's an old saying that says the worst time to take a quarterback is when you need one. Right now, we don't need them. And guys, if, look, Joe, if, if Aaron is able to continue playing at Aaron's level for the next 10 years, awesome. I hope he does, and I hope we can stick with him as our starter. However, I don't think we need to ignore the fact that you, at some point he's going to retire. All right, guys. You got to The third quarter, the buzzer has sounded. We're moving into the fourth quarter. All right. <laughs> You guys sound like a conservative (laughs) bullshit. Free agents and trades. We've just been talking all about different positions that we think that we need. What would we like to see? And how do we feel about what has already happened? All right. So I'm going to kick this off. I'm going to start by saying yesterday we, we signed Trayvon Hester. I did not realize when I saw all of that going all around Facebook and Instagram. And I didn't realize he was the guy that was responsible for the double doink. Double doink, baby. Fuck those bears. Let's go. I found that out late last night. excited, Joe. Fuck those bears, man. Really excited about, about that pickup. I know that he's bounced around a lot. He doesn't have great stats. But the fact that he was responsible for that is fucking fantastic. I think another one that I would like to see, you know, I, Snacks Harrison is still a free agent. He's not, he's two stacks. He's not a, I would say an overall great player, but he, he is a big body that can clog the middle of the field next to Kenny Clark. And then let Kenny Clark do the rest of whatever the hell else needs to be done. I would also be all right with Clay Matthews. If he would agree to be an inside linebacker. I know that when he was in Green Bay and Don's yeah. defense, he didn't really like being an inside linebacker. He complained about that openly. But 
I what team does he play for now, Omar? Yeah, he's not on a team right now, and he's following exactly against the against the Rams. So he's he's currently in football purgatory. So if he's willing to come play as an inside linebacker, I think that would be great. Yeah, I mean, I think that two guys that are former Packers that one I mentioned last week, uh, Mike Daniels, I. I know he posted a video this week that went kind of viral, him doing some home workouts, and he looks like he's in great shape. I wouldn't mind him coming back. Uh, like you mentioned, Clay Matthews, like he would be great as well. Um, I, I, I think that the biggest area of need, obviously, that we didn't address necessarily in the draft or free agency up to this point is, uh, is that run stopping. So I, I think that finding someone who can do that uh, would be ideal. I think Mike Daniels would be perfect. I, I think he's still young enough. He's got time. Obviously he's had some injury issues, but I think he's, he's still a good enough player. He's still young enough and he's got the connection to the Packers, which I love uh, bringing those guys back. Um, especially with how young our team is. I think giving Aaron a nice elderly friend uh, in the locker room would be fun. Um, so I, I, I'd love to see Mike Daniels back with us. I'll go Damon Harrison. And main reason is because he hated Detroit. Dude, he hated when he was on the Lions. And that's a big deal when you're in Green Bay and you're trying to shut down the Lions twice a year. Plus, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Detroit. I had some issues personally there, but uh, – you can go into a thing and say, listen, Damon Harrison is pumped up. He's ready to play for the Green Bay Packers and stop Detroit. But I'm actually going to take this in a different direction and say, I think it's our coaching staff on the offensive side of the football. And I think we need to get more with the New Orleans Saints and have a passing and a running coordinator and get that actually going. We need to get more a little analytical if we're actually going to go away from Aaron Rodgers and get into this Jordan Love and everything else. We need to get into some different stuff that maybe we're a little uncomfortable and we weren't the first stop for some of these different things. Oh, my God. Are you talking about – Matt, are you talking about analytics? Oh, I'm talking about analytics here. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, we, had guy, we had a we had a guy before that currently isn't our GM anymore and Ted Thompson. We changed ways, so change ways fully. It's not change ways halfway and stop there. Change By the way, I'm I'm calling bullshit on Mike McCarthy saying that he's been studying all of the analytics when he gets down to no, no shot. No shot. I'm calling bullshit on that. I, I don't think he. I don't think he knows the definition of analytics. <laughs> Guys, it, it, if I could, I mean, I still have a lot to say here on on the draft and then the free agency sign. That they're all tied together. Um, there's obviously, you know, there's still going to be some narrative on the Love Rogers narrative, Rogers LaFleur narrative. I, I do love the Bakhtiari quote that you said. Rogers is about to be on fire. Let's see yep. if that happens. I yep. I think he's going to be fucking killing it. But I'm honestly not, you know, everyone's texting you and saying, hey, what's going on in Green Bay? I'm not worried. Rodgers is a pro at this. I don't think his feelings are hurt. Whatever the fuck people are saying on Twitter, he's way past that. He's a pro at this. Oh, yeah. Um, 
even, even said Brett that, I, I would love even, to know. Like, talking about it. Yeah. Why would Brett Favre even say that he thinks that's going to happen? Fuck him for that. Yeah, and we I, know I, I how Brett Favre would respond in this situation because right. he agree. already did. Sure. He right. already responded I mean, I, to this exact same situation, and everyone agrees that he responded poorly. So Aaron hopefully won't make the same mistakes that Brett did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and just keep going on. I, I'd love to know what the conversations that have been had between LaFleur and Goody and Rodgers have been. We're not privy to those conversations, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, moving on to A.J. Dillon, he could be the next Eddie Lacy. It'd be nice to have a better run game in the later half of Rodgers' career for sure. Um, that'd be great. Again, second round, I don't know. Drafting three offensive linemen in a row. Larry McCarron said it's the best draft the Packers ever had. I clearly disagree. I think we all yes. disagree with that. I don't know how we how we don't address our deep. We, we drafted three offensive players uh, Actually, in a row. Know, I'm, I'm going to stop there. Our drafts as of late have been absolutely atrocious. Maybe this will be the best draft, even if see that's the bust. It could wind up being the best draft we've ever had. That's the hard thing is that you don't know how your draft pans out until like five years down the road. So could this be the worst draft we've ever had? Yes. None of those guys pan out. And if we end up shitting the bed the next five years, then yes, it was the worst. It was the worst draft ever. But if those guys do pan out and we win two Super Bowls in the next five years and Rodgers retires and love comes in and ends up being a Hall of Fame quarterback, then it's the best draft we've ever had. And it's hard to know whether or not that shit is going to happen because obviously LaFleur and Goody think that that happens. Every GM and coach, when they make those draft choices, thinks that that's going to be the case. And it's hard to know whether or not that's actually going to be the case until it happens. I've got I've got some more to rant about here, guys. I mean, moving on through the draft, we go we went three offensive linemen in a row, which usually I'd be pretty stoked about. And again, Larry McCarron said was the best Packers draft of all time. I don't I don't disagree with with loading up the offensive line, but it doesn't make any goddamn sense not to address the defense. For the last you know last year we went all defense on the draft. This year it seems like at least the first three and then the all three offensive. Uh, offensive linemen are all on the offense and we didn't want to address the defense at all with the draft. I mean, look, I, I hope Runyon and Hanson and the third guy are awesome. Apparently we, we signed some new uh, defensive linemen, Trayvon Hester. I don't know who the fuck he is, what that's all about, but I, I, I don't know. We, just, we don't address anything about the defense. Clearly, like I was ranting about in the first episode, we have a lot of confidence in our defense and look, it won us a lot of games last year. And I hope it's as damn good as it was last year. It's not better, but there's a lot of confidence there. We didn't really, we didn't really improve that in the draft. Now, moving to what we've been talking about in free agency, is Lafleur and Gudikins overconfident in our free agent signing? Uh, hopefully not. Um, they clearly picked guys that would work for Lafleur system. Um, the wide receiver core, as Hank was saying, there's question marks everywhere. I think um, there's a couple guys that have that year three turnaround that, that they need to they need to show up. If they don't, you got to get rid of mm-hmm. them. Um, I, I also think Rodgers is going to make Funchess 
into a household name, you know, just like Nelson and, and everyone else. Funk just is about to be famous. Okay. I think, I think um, that everybody is sleeping on that Funchess signing. Yeah. And, yeah. and no, I to agree. be honest, Lazard too. Lazard had a great year last year as an undrafted free agent who had never practiced with an NFL team, let alone yeah. played against one in a full speed game. And I'll now he's going to have Aquarius is better than any other second wide receiver that we have. I'll take Aquarius. I'm not betting on that. I think it's too unpredictable right now, but I, I think that Lazard Funches and Equinamius could all step up and be that guy. I think MBS could be too. Could, because two years ago, he had a stellar rookie season, and we were all excited to see how he would be in year two, and he had a big drop-off. But that's kind of how Devontae was. Like, we, Devante I think most off. of us on this podcast, we would have been happy to cut Devontae after year two, and then year three, he comes on and kills it. So yeah. I, I, that's why I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about our receiving core. I think that we got... We, we have the tools to be good, you know, be great. So I, I do agree that I wish we would have addressed the defense a little bit better, but um, I don't know. I, I think that maybe Patton has seen some, some stuff with the D that he's happy with, he can work with, um, plug a couple holes that Hester signing. Maybe we add Mike Daniels, which is my big thing. Um I, I have seen that, like, Blake Martinez talked about the fact he disliked the fact that inside linebacker was used kind of as, like, a safety almost in our defense. He wasn't allowed to rush the line a lot. Um, so maybe maybe that's why we aren't too concerned with inside linebackers. We're going to go with a lot of those, like, mm, like linebacker high, safety hybrids. So, I don't know. Yeah. I... I I think that we, I think that we're going to be better than people are giving us credit for next year. Agreed, one hundred percent agreed. Yeah, I mean, another thing to to, to talk about like, has Gutekunst addressed the fan concerns? And I don't know. I mean, Aaron does what he does on Instagram and social media. He's been doing his thing for years now. Has Gutekunst addressed this? I don't know. I mean, obviously, they think the signings has given us enough flexibility to do what they did in the draft. Um, is Gutekind living in Ted Thompson's shadow? That's all in everyone's mind. I think what we're seeing is the end of the Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy era. Um, and I think it's fine. I think um, the fans, as much as myself, myself included, is struggling with the draft picks and everything. I think we need to have more trust in what they're doing. We were 13 and three last year. People yeah, you know, we were. Forgot, forgot, that, forgot that we were in the NFC championship last year. So fuck that. We um, but with that said, you know, I mean, with the shift from Ted and McCarthy to um, Gutekunst and the floor, I mean, you guys know, I've been worried about this. I change is risk that change equals risk. And where are we at now? Last year was awesome. Can we replicate that is the big question into year two. Um, we will see. I think what we're dealing with right now in terms of fan angst with the draft is just a, a lot of growing pain is what I think. Mm -hmm. um, so. Cool. Yeah. But, uh, so, home, yeah, guys, man. I think. 
Yeah, that'll wrap up our uh, our post draft coverage, guys. A lot more to come this off season. Um, we're also planning to have our first guest of the podcast, um, one of the founders of the Land on the Hill Group. So stay tuned for that episode. We're very excited about that. Should be a lot of fun. Um, another thanks to all of our friends and family for listening. Um, say hey to your folks for us there. Uh, again, go follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We are at Sharp Cheddar GB. Um, send us your questions. Send us your your thoughts about the episode. Um, it's also been pretty funny to see Matt figure out how Instagram works. It's so a fucking challenge. I'm telling you, it's not. <laughs> I'm learning. We're learning here. <laughs> anyways, guys. Um, We'll take us home. Remember, folks, we all know the strength of the team is related to the cheddar. So stay sharp and go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. go.